Okay, I wanted to share this with you. Tuesday, October something. 5th? Yes, it's Tuesday, October the 5th, 2021. And I just picked up today's edition of the New York Post uh, because somebody, I think it was Toucher and Rich, who are Boston, excuse me, Boston Boston radio guys on 98.5 The Sports Hub. There's basically two main uh, sports radio stations in Boston, uh, and there one is one is ter- one to me is unlistenable, and that's W E E I. Uh, that's the one that has Ordway, Maloney, and Fournier, whatever the fuck their names are. That's a terrible show. The the one of those three guys, Loom is it Maloney? He just retired. Eh, just old old uh, douchebags crying about everything it's 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 annoying it's the most annoying sports show. I, I listened to it when i first moved here because i was like yeah yeah you know i'm gonna immerse myself in the quote-unquote culture uh and they're they're insufferable to listen to 98.5 the sports hub is not much but it is much better actually toucher and rich that's a really funny show i i like freddie toucher uh i think he's funny he's done some funny stuff they kind of I like 98.5 because you're more likely to hear this, the hosts of those shows sh- completely shit on Boston sports teams, uh, which even though I'm a fan of Boston sports teams, I also like uh, when the radio hosts are, are not total homers for the teams like the like the idiots on WEEI. And look, the Boston, uh, you know, Tom Brady and Belichick and those guys, you're going to hear them on WEEI. That's where people go to listen to like, yeah, the it's it's i don't know it's the espn of boston sports radio i think it's the i think it's the bigger station maybe gets the better ratings i don't know maybe that's not true maybe sports hub does anyway sports hub is way better 985 the sports hub and if you hate boston sports then they both really suck and you're going to be very unhappy although again if you hate boston sports you might actually really like 985 the sports hub because they really do shit on the patriots and the red Sox and everything else all the time it's pretty funny. I enjoy it. Uh, yeah, Felger and Maz. I, I like listening to those guys. Uh, on a case, that's the other thing. Small doses, that's how much I can take of any any Boston sports radio. Uh, small doses. Sometimes I get really in the mood and I'll, I'll listen to them. And other times I'll go, I'll go six months without listening to any of it. But uh, anyway, Toucher and Rich. Uh, that's, that's one, uh, Zolak and Bertram. I don't really listen to those guys too much. I'm not a huge fan of them. Uh, one, I think Zolak does the, he does the audio broadcasts. I think he does the radio broadcasts for the, for the Patriots. Uh, you got this guy, uh, Christian Arcan. He's really good. He doesn't have his own show, which I think is crazy. I think he's one of the more talented of the whole, of the whole bunch. But I think a lot of those spots are just pretty, pretty firmly locked in. Uh, so anyway, uh, but he's on, he's on a show that I can't even think of the name of right now. And he's called, uh, you know, sports guy and the sport, the Adam Jones show. Thank you. The Adam Jones show. That's the night. That's the late night show. And Christian Arcan is on that show. He's good. He's very good. I think toucher and rich early mornings, funny Zolak and Bertrand. I don't really listen to them at all, but once in a while, I'll I'll check it out. You know, they have their moments, I guess. I think it's maybe that's for like the old guys listen to that. And then Felger and Maz is like, um, 
Yeah, that's when you want to just hear two guys just bashing Boston sports nonstop. Uh, and they, they have their moments too. Sometimes it can be very funny. Sometimes just annoying. Everybody's just, uh, you know, there's this sort of, again, there's this Boston sort of seriousness that just really annoys me. It just aggravates me. I, I don't know. It's like you don't have to be so serious. You can actually be very successful and productive and get everything done that you want to get done and not be so fucking serious all the time. Anyway, uh, Toucher and Rich on their Instagram had posted a picture of today's New York Post cover, uh, which if you, if you have access to it, uh, it's, uh, it's New York Post, October 5th, 2021. It has a, a picture of a, a blonde girl, a pretty blonde girl giving the peace sign, uh, wearing a red shirt that says Boston sucks on it. Uh, Yankees ready to crush rivals again. ALY wild card game at Fenway Park, 8 p.m. T-shirt, blonde girl, big smile, mouth open, Boston sucks, peace sign. Boston sucks and all the reasons why. See page seven and sports. Uh, so I thought it would be fun to read some of the, you know, uh, I'm no great fan of the New York Post. You know, I, I, it's, it's an enjoy. It's, it's like getting the, it's like getting the National Enquirer. John Mulaney, is he the one who said reading the New York Post is like, is like getting a text from a friend who read the New York Times and they're trying to tell you all the news in a drunken text or something like that? It's, you know, it's not the, it's not the top of, 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 uh, of print journalism, but man, I'm sure they sell a ton of papers because it's, yeah, it's stuff like that. It's stuff like that, you know, you're not going to see a New York Times cover. New York Times is boring, but you get the news and lots of it. New York Post is not boring. It's got, you know, it's got a, a hot girl giving the peace sign that says Boston sucks on the cover. So New Yorkers are going to buy it because they're like, ah, yeah, I want to see why Boston sucks. Ha <laughs> And then people in Boston are going <laughs> to, I went to buy it because I, I'm like, hey, I want to know why Boston sucks and see if I agree or disagree. So here, I just paid $2 to get a New York Post. I, I think that's like maybe the fifth time in my life that I've purchased a New York Post. I don't know. Uh, so there we go. I think the last time was they had a, I feel like the New York post a few years ago, they did a cover maybe in 2017, 2016, 17, they did a cover where it was Donald Trump, but he looked like Dr. Evil. And I went and bought it. I said, I want, I, I need that cover. And then I bought it and I looked at it and we all back at the office had a good laugh and you know, I thumbed through it, and then I think uh, like later that day or the next weekend, I threw it out because I said, "Why do I want this? I don't want this." Also, the internet exists. If I really want to see that picture at any time in my life, I can go and search Donald Trump, New York Post, Doctor Evil, and you, uh, I can see it forever without having to have a big newspaper stuck in a drawer somewhere. Anyway. It's still interesting, and they have, uh, you know, they have page six, is, you know, whatever, I guess is good. Uh, all right, is it page six? It's never actually on page six, though, is it? Well, all right, on page seven, why Boston sucks. Forget it, losers, it's Beantown. <laughs> okay, uh, and the author of this article is All New Yorkers. <laughs> I'm going to start from the bottom and, and go up. Um, first they have top things to boo. Boston chowderheads include clockwise from top right, uh, Red Sox, Ben Affleck, uh, no disagreements there, 
John Kerry, that's fine. Mark, Marky Mark Wahlberg, absolutely, piece of shit. Sam Adams, infamous, your cousin from Boston, totally. I hate that commercial. I, I hate it. It's, it's actually funny. You know, I've been here for five years, five years, six years. And, you know, the first few years, it's like, yeah, you kind of like, wow, it's, you know, all the stereotypes and all the jokes and all the caricatures and things like that. And it's like, okay, that's kind of funny. Yeah, the Boston accent, wicked pissa and all that crap. And, um, you know, when you're not really in it, it's, it's like kind of cute. But then you realize that, like, Boston... They really, they, they kind of, I feel like they, they love, you know, whenever, whenever Saturday Night Live does a little spoof of like the Boston accent, Casey Affleck with the, you know, the vanilla nut taps, the Dunkin' Donuts and that kind of thing. It's, it's fine, but you get to a point where it's like, yeah, we've kind of, um, (laughs) the, you know, the self parody, uh, the the admiration of, of the self parody in itself has become self parody, I think. If that's possible, if that makes sense, it's like part of the part of the you know when they do these commercials and these little sketches on a comedy show or something, where they where they kind of poke fun at Boston and lampoon the city a little bit with the accents and the donkeys and Dunkin' Donuts and the red and the socks and all that. Uh, one of the one of the new traits that they should put in is how much they seem to love sell the, the, the parodies, <laughs> the self parody. Um, it's like, dude. Uh, people from New England, truly, that is, they love Dunkin' Donuts. I, like a lot of us from the East Coast, I don't, I don't know what the West Coast looks like as far as Dunkin' Donuts, but I know that up and down the East Coast, it ain't hard to find. It, Dunkin' Donuts, McDonald's, Starbucks, there's, these are not difficult things to find in just about every town. Even you're, if you're up in the mountains in the most remote podunk place on earth that has nothing they have a mcdonald's and a dunkin donuts like like everywhere but the new englanders they love dunkin donuts like they think that this is this is some sacred thing that nobody else nobody else has this coffee and nobody look i love a donut from dunkin donuts i love donuts i don't care where they're from uh dunkin donuts is not like the first place on my list when i think hey i want a donut let's go to dunkin donuts i'd rather go to a you know, a bakery, someplace that, you know, there's a lot of donut places that I prefer, but I love Dunkin' Donuts. Fucking love it. But I'm not sitting here like, you know, uh, that's, that, that, that's like not part of my identity. Well, the New Englander, that's part of their identity. The whole like donkeys, donkeys, get the donkeys, get my dunks, my donkey dunks. And that's the other thing they say. I've never heard Dunkin' Donuts called anything but Dunkin' Donuts. Growing up in New York, living in other places, if somebody's going to Dunkin' Donuts, they say, hey, I'm going to Dunkin' Donuts. Does anybody want a coffee or a donut? Hey, look, so-and-so brought in Dunkin' Donuts this morning. Hey, cool, thanks for getting the donuts. Or that's the other thing, or we'll just call them donuts. You can see the label on the box, it's Dunkin' Donuts. But these New Englanders, I've never heard. They just they twist it and turn it. Hey, I need my dunks. I need my donkey. My donkey donkeys. My donkey dunks. Shut up. And then it gets to the point where I'm saying it to make fun of people. And I, and I end up, it becomes part of my, <laughs> my daily uh, vernacular. 
Wanna get some donkeys? Let's get dunks. Donkey, donkey donuts. It's not even called Dunkin' Donuts anymore, is it? Anyway, on that note, that fucking Sam Adams, your cousin from Boston. It just, I want to, I want to punch somebody. I want to punch somebody when I hear that. Oh my god. Yeah, this is from Boston, but the but the Boston people, I think, really dig that stuff. They're like, yeah, that's me. Yeah, yeah, that's wicked funny. That's wicked funny, kid. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that's all the things. Oh, and Tom and Florida transplant Tom Brady. Top things to boo. Okay. So here's why Boston sucks. I'm going to go from bottom to top. They would all move here if they could. They would all move to New York. Uh, I'm not, uh, not going to argue that. I can't speak for everyone, but I, you know, not being from Boston and being in this area for a few years is really cool. It's really fun. It's a great city. Look, the real fact is Boston's a great city. There's lots to do. Museums, sporting events, all, you know, musical acts that don't go to every city in America that are maybe from across the pond, let's say. They're going to come to New York. They're going to come to LA, maybe Philly, maybe DC, maybe Chicago and Boston. There are some bands, some of my favorite bands that will go to New York, Los Angeles, and Boston. So the fact that Boston is on the is is on the tour stop of many indie rock bands and and uh, you know these these lesser known bands that I like that are really big maybe in Europe, not so big in the states, they all come to Boston. So I have no problem with that. It's great. But then also you get to a point where it's like, yeah, Boston's kind of I, I remember saying this when uh, living in, in other cities, uh, particularly in Florida, the West Palm Beach area, which West Palm Beach and Boston are not comparable, but there was this very sort of small town feeling. There, some cities have a small town feeling, even though they're big cities. And Boston's one of those that kind of has, even though, look, there's, there's international business, there's, it's, it's a bit, you know, a lot of, lot of money, a lot of this, a lot of that, a lot of everything. But it still has that very small town feeling because a lot of the people that you work with, they're very, all unique personalities, but also very, very similar. They just kind of have the, a lot of these common thread kind of things about them. Uh, and what I'm saying is New York doesn't have that. So I get it. Having been here for five or six years, I'm actually, not that I want to because I just don't want to move ever again because I've moved enough and I hate moving. But I would rather if if you asked me, which would you where would you rather be? New York. It's I'm a New Yorker. Uh, I'd I'd rather be in the New York City metropolitan area any day of the week over Boston. Even when I first moved here, I think what happened was I, I remember not long, only a few months after moving to the Boston area, and I remember sitting at my desk at work, and I kind of was looking in like, man, it's it's great. I love. Love being in a city, buildings, parks, museums, skyscrapers, people, you know, the hustle and bustle, all that stuff. Any any kind of foods you can ask for, lots of good, lots of good shit. Um, and then I remember thinking, like, man, well, this was fun. I'd like to move to New York now. Which, okay, I'm a little biased because I'm from I'm, I'm, I'm from the state of New York. And since I was uh, 13, maybe, 
maybe even earlier than that. I think actually probably probably when Big first came out was when I wanted to move to New York City. And then going to New York City a lot on field trips and with my parents and stuff when I was a teenager and a, a youngster, uh, it, it, only, uh, it only enhanced that feeling. And I would say, oh, uh, and I would go and I would use my, my sister had these floor plan design software CD-ROMs and I would design my, I would design my Manhattan <laughs> luxury apartment. <laughs> I would put, put my floor plan and then you could drop furniture and stuff. Anyways, uh, so yeah, look. I've always wanted to live in New York, so I don't know. I can't speak for somebody who's from Boston, but uh, I can't imagine. I mean, it's great and everything, but Boston's a smaller city. There's less to do. Uh, Everything closes pretty early, and the traffic is actually worse than New York. Not to say you can notice that one is better or worse than the other. They're both terrible as far as traffic. But, hey, take a drive through Manhattan on any day of the week. Yeah, you're going to get stuck in tra- if you're if you're driving in the middle of Times Square, you're going to sit at the light for a while. You're going to be stuck. There's going to be 27 yellow cabs trying to merge right where you are. That's fine. But drive around, you know, get to get to Lower Manhattan from Midtown. It's it's a breeze. I mean, relatively speaking. Boston, try to get from one side of the street to the other. And you have to go through <laughs> you have to go through a couple roundabouts. And, uh, and and go through a tunnel and then come back up and then and then make a UE and then come back and it's you know it's ridiculous anyway okay I'm good with that all they would all move to New York if they could I don't know if everybody would but uh, the next one chumps New York ranks fiftieth if you're gonna be rude go big oh 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 there are they're jerks I gotcha I gotcha <laughs> yeah this is great. I read, I'm going backwards, so I, reasons, again, reasons why Boston sucks. They're jerks. Massachusetts is 47th most friendly state, according to the survey by Big 7 Travel. And also, Boston, they're chumps, because New York ranks 50th. <laughs> if you're going to be rude, go big. <laughs> That's fantastic. By the way, People are very friendly in both of those cities. It's yeah, you can you can certainly find rude people if you really want to. Um, you know, there's a lot of folks that are, they're in a hurry. This whatever reason, um, you know, and traffic. Nobody's nobody's going to be friendly to you in traffic in either city. Uh, lots of honking, lots of not letting people in, lots of cutting people off. This and that. Yeah, that's 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 everywhere. That's not just New York or Boston either. But uh, yeah, they're. They're very, they're very friendly cities. That's the, that's the big secret. I don't think either one of those places want you to know, but that's pretty funny. There are no superheroes from Boston. All right, fair enough. Uh, the city that always sleeps. Most restaurants in Boston close at 10 p.m. Uh, I don't know if they close at 10 p.m., but yeah, it's, uh, there's not much happening uh, after those hours. Even if you want to just, you know, if you're staying late at work and you want to find a place, yeah, there's, some, there's certainly restaurants that are open past that but yeah they're kind of right it's it's not many i was surprised even even where we live in nashua when i first got here the first night here i just needed to get to a drugstore or a grocery store or something and everything was closed and it was like nine o'clock it was nine thirty. everything was closed i could not believe it i didn't ever realize until we moved to other places how spoiled we were growing up in a little town in upstate new york 
where you had two 24-hour grocery stores across the street from each other, 24-hour gas stations, 24-hour CVS. There's 24-hour stuff like all on this little block. And then uh, and then going going to Florida and the grocery stores are closed by 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at the latest. Same thing here. You know, the latest uh, I think is maybe 10. The latest grocery store is open. Maybe it's 11. I don't know. But yeah, there's no 24. There was a 24-hour Walmart, and then they even they changed that, and they made it 11 p.m. Uh, and then Boston, yeah, there's a lot of stuff closes in Boston. It's it's the city. That's what I yeah. Even in in, I remember during COVID, Nashua put out a like a 9 p.m. curfew. <laughs> I just laughed, and I'm like, what do you think uh, during the pandemic, people are just going to stay up an hour later? You don't need the curfew. Everybody's in bed by 8 in Nashua. And in Boston, yeah, they're in bed by by 10. Faneuil Hall, the world's first and most overrated food court. Uh, I can't speak on that too well. I kind of feel that way. Anytime, you know, I worked right across the street from Faneuil Hall. I think I went to one. There was one Greek place. Actually, it wasn't even. It's not even in Faneuil Hall. I don't think. Maybe it is. Or maybe it's right across. I, I can't remember. There's one Greek place, and I can't even remember the name of it. Excellent. Excellent Euros. But I don't think it's technically, I don't think it's technically in Faneuil Hall. You know, Quincy Market, whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah, I haven't eaten a lot there. None of it really looks all that great. When you walk through it, it's just really crowded. It's really packed. It's real touristy. So, yeah, that's that's probably right. Did you see that Brady hug with Belichick? Ha 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 Yeah, we talked about this in the podcast. It was not not so great. Uh, Boston sex symbol. They wear the new flannel. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It, sure. Um, yeah, here we go. Rap from New York. Jay Z, Nas, Wu Tang. I mean, and that's that's just listing three. You could go on and on and on. Boston, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. <laughs> Hey, don't forget the new kids. Uh, Marky Mark, he's truly a, just a piece of shit. Uh, of the 2,302 meetings between the two teams, Yankees, 1,232 wins uh, to Boston, 1,033. So the Yankees, that that very long series with thousands of games, the Yankees are, are in the lead on that one by a couple hundred. Uh, worst Batman, yeah. Um is they're saying Ben Affleck? I mean, yeah, he is. He's terrible. He's just as bad as you thought he would be. But let's not uh, let's not forget, you know, some of these other ones. But yeah, I'll go with Affleck. He's terrible. There's a whole series of beer commercials about how obnoxious Bostonians are. Yeah, and it's an obnoxious commercial. It makes me want to do the opposite of what the commercial hopes that I will do. Deflate gate, spy gate, trash can gate. Yeah. Yeah, fine. <laughs> 684,379 residents equal to the number of crime, mob, and heist movies set in the city. I mean, fi- probably true. There's a lot of Boston heist movies and crime movies, gritty, you know, things. Uh, I'm pretty sure they filmed a, a movie or two in New York, though. <laughs> uh, but yeah, maybe not the same number as there are residents. So I, I guess that's true. Uh, and there's there's much better stuff. I can't. I'm trying to think of like my what's my favorite show or movie 
that was filmed in Boston or is based in Boston, I I can't come up with it off the top of my head. I'm sure there's something very obvious, and I'm just not thinking of it. And you got some classics. Maybe The Social Network. I like that movie. That was a good one, filmed in Boston. Uh, Anyway, and then in New York, I could, you know, you could just list them, list them all day long. Uh, Dueling is still legal, so long as it's a Sunday and the governor is present. Okay. Jenny from the block could do much better. It's, you're just, this is like the third time that they've just shit on Ben Affleck, which I have no problem with, but okay. Dunkin' Donuts is considered fine dining. Yeah. Again, I, I have already talked about this, but they, they love it. And they don't call it Dunkin' Donuts. They say donkey. They love the donkeys. Gonna go get my donkeys. If you go, and sure, there's a Starbucks uh, two minutes from me. And on some Saturdays, that line for the drive through for Starbucks is is a mile long. But here's the thing. There is a Dunkin' Donuts every I, I don't even think I'm I don't even think I'm exaggerating when I say every thousand feet there's a Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> it's just endless. And they're on if you can't if it's hard to get to the other side of the street, they put a Dunkin' Donuts right across from the other. I mean it's you're never going to not find a Dunkin' Donuts in New England. Certainly not southern New Hampshire, certainly not Boston. Uh, and they, uh, you know, so you think about, okay, there's one Starbucks, uh, for like, I don't know, maybe half a dozen Dunkin' Donuts locations in this, in that radius. Starbucks has a long line. All of the Dunkin' Donuts have long lines <laughs> backing out to the street through the parking lot. They, they love it. They love it. And they think it's like, I, I, I don't know, like Burger King is headquartered in Miami. That's like. Uh, to me, it feels like that's that's like if you're from Miami and you wear Burger King t-shirts and just talk endlessly about BK. Home of the Whopper. Let's get that BK, baby. The donkeys. What else? Uh, one spent $22 billion to dig a hole in the ground. Yeah, that's, that's long before my time, the big dig. Um, but I... <laughs> Yeah, I would drive. I used to drive through the big dig every day, going through the tunnels, and I don't know what the big dig. I don't know what things were like. I, I remember driving through Boston, you know, as a kid. I didn't give a shit what the traffic was because I wasn't driving. Um, that was prior to the big dig, and I didn't really care. Uh, the big dig. I think they completed it maybe two thousand six, and from all accounts of people who were there before, during, and after. Uh, for about six months to a year, traffic was awesome. It was just so smooth and nice. And then, you know, kind of like when you dig, you know, when you're sitting on the beach and you dig a big hole and it's like, Hey, look at, look at how, look at how far down I dig this hole. It's neat. And then it just fills with water and then it's like, okay, well that's pointless. Now my hole is pointless. So I think that's what Boston did. They spent billions (laughs) Billions of dollars to dig a bunch of holes and put a bunch of tunnels under underneath the city to make things move faster. And it did for a very short while. Maybe if you were working here in 2006, 2007, you had a pretty smooth commute. And then that just, that all went away. So the big dig, I, I, I've not seen any benefit of the big dig. I don't know what it was like before, but I do know that uh, being here now, 
uh, traffic is absolutely horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. So, yay for the big dig. Uh, what's the next thing on the list? The big dig. Um, two seasons, winter and road construction. Yeah, that's, that's pretty spot on. I will tell you one of the most frustrating things. When you live in a city, when you live in a place that has horrible traffic, and Boston is number one, even beating out L.A., even beating out Washington, D.C., beating out Miami, beating out New York, nobody does traffic like Boston, not even Atlanta. We all, we all aspire to be as horrible as driving around Boston, and I can tell you from years and years and years of experience, it is awful. It is so fucking awful. Um, sorry, I had to check something. Okay, what I can also tell you is that uh, one of the perks, if you live in a city that has bad traffic, a lot of congestion, sometimes you work late, and you think, oh, I got to work late. I'm not going to leave the office until 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. But then you think, hey, at least on the plus side, I'm going to zip right home. And that's, that's a good feeling, I guess, as far as knowing that you're, the whole day you're never going to get back and your life is gone and you just spent it working really hard so that millionaires and billionaires can stay that way. And uh, that's a shitty feeling. But the feeling of getting into your car and saying, hey, but at least the the rush hour traffic is long gone. The dinner traffic is long gone. I'm going to just cruise on home. And then you get cruising along there for a couple of minutes, and then you realize that the four lanes of traffic that are usually there, or five lanes or whatever it is, is down to one lane. And there's enough cars that you're sitting and waiting just as long as if you had left at 5 o'clock at the height of rush hour. And so that's true. And I don't know that the yeah the construction season, it's just... It, I feel like it's going on even during winter, but I guess that's not really the case. But uh, you can say that about a lot of places, too. Um, after losing to the Islanders, coach of the Bruins was fined 25000 for whining. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, kitty. My child's uh, little uh, kitty cat toy keeps meowing every so often, and I can't figure out a way to make it stop. I can figure out one way to make it stop, but my my child might not be too happy with with that method. I can't I can't see a thing to open to get a battery out. There's no switch. I don't know how to do this. It's just meowing every once in a while, and so I've actually brought it close to me so that I can hit a. There's a button that seems to turn it off, but it doesn't keep it off. So I don't know what to do. Uh, let's see. People are too embarrassed to say I went to Harvard. They say I went to school in Boston. As if going to school in Boston is somehow better. I don't know. that. I feel like it's the opposite of that. I feel like people are thrilled to tell you they went to Harvard. But maybe not. I, I don't know. Either way. Okay. Oh, for Christ's sake. Yes. There's Kitty. Can I turn this off? I'm pressing down on it. I don't know. Kitty's just going to keep on meowing. Uh, having a happy hour in a bar or restaurant is illegal. Oh, Jesus. I can't turn this thing off. I can't. I'm pressing buttons. I'm punching his face. Okay. 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 
that's that's gonna be my day today. Until my okay, it's that's gonna be the day. Listen to that. Uh, let me leave. Let me leave, Kitty. Uh, now it's just going on and on. I might have to smash it with a mallet. It might come to that, or just put it in the trash. Uh, Gotham, Big Apple, City That Never Sleeps, Them, Bean Town. That's that's fair enough. Although, in fairness, people from Boston, nobody from Boston says Bean Town. That's one thing. <laughs> that's one thing. People outside of Boston say Bean Town when they don't. Uh, nobody even uh, we're. Nobody says that. People from Boston hate Beantown, and that's how you can spot a, a tourist or a transplant, as they say, Beantown. So, uh, but yeah, still, nevertheless, um, yeah, New York has has much better uh, monikers. Pasquale, Patsy Parisi from The Sopranos, talking about Boston. That place is Scranton with clams. <laughs> that fucking cat. Oh my god. All right, I might have to smash this thing. That's all I can hear. And now it stopped. Is it I walk away and this kitty meows? Fucking son of a bitch. I'm going to throw it in the garbage. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, let's get through this here. Yeah, Scranton with clams. <laughs> I wouldn't quite say that, but uh hey, based on the office, Scranton seems like a lovely city. But uh, that's pretty funny anyways. Um, Tom fucking Brady, John fucking Kerry, Mark fucking Wahlberg. Drivers there get into accidents once, on average, every 4.4 years. That's according to an insurance study that also found Boston has the second highest accident rate of all large U.S. cities. I completely 100% believe that. Of course, what's what's the first highest accident? Yeah, I'd be interested to know. Maybe it's L.A. Uh, I believe it. The people here are insane drivers. Nobody's as insane as Connecticut drivers, though. That's truly the the most horrendous drivers are uh, the ones that you see with a Connecticut license plate. Um, yeah, people in New England just annoy the shit out of me, unlike any other annoying drivers that I've ever seen. Um, and there's no real – like in Florida, the drivers are terrible. I found one really quirky thing when I lived there, though, which is that Florida drivers were really good at four-way stops, uh, you know, all-way, four-way stops, those intersections with the four stop signs. Nobody, in when I, when I lived in Florida, I only really had experience with New York because that's where I'm from, and everybody was terrible at four-way intersections. Some people were too aggressive. Some people were too nice, and they'd just stop and wait, and they'd wave everybody through. It's like, no, you don't. You don't need to police. That's why they put the signs up. So that in Florida, I always had the easiest time going through four-way intersections. It's crazy. I just had no problem. People followed the rules so well at those four-way stops. And then the rest of the time, it was a total shit show. But uh, in New England, everybody's terrible at everything. They, they'll sit on their phones at a red light and it turns green and you've only got 30 seconds for 15 cars to take a left turn and maybe three get through the thing because nobody nobody's in any rush until you're trying to pass them on the highway and then they don't want to let you in. It's just, yeah, it's New England is just very juvenile, just silliness on the road. Uh, Bill de Blasio roots for you. Is that true? Okay. Is Bill de Blasio from Boston? 
I don't I don't know anything about Bill De Blasio. I know I don't think people like him. Uh, the people with the accent. <laughs> oh, the accent. The people with the accent. Those are two two separate ones. But uh, yeah, I've um, in some cases, depending on there's a lot of you know, it's not just one sort of. There's that kind of there's that kind of Boston accent that people do when they you know park the car, Harvard Yard, you know, the Cliff Clavin kind of overly exaggerated caricature accent type thing. But there's, just like any place else, there's a lot of dialects. Uh, and it's not all just one accent. And some, some uh, my uh, my boss, when I first moved here, he had, a, he had a great Boston accent. He's like a classic New England accent. It was more of that coastal kind of North Shore. Um, he was a soft-spoken, he was a soft-spoken guy, so he talked like this. It was very, we're gonna, uh, we gotta figure out what to do with the uncleared swaps. And he was just a, yeah, he's a sweet guy. I, I liked that some people, you know, and then there was Tom who was very, oh, okay, okay, great. Oh, good, oh, good, good, yeah, good, okay, good. Um, just a sweet guy, and I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed hearing those accents. And then, yeah, sometimes when you're listening to, whoops, it easy, easy. Um, uh, sometimes it's just, sometimes it can be nails on a chalkboard and, and I'll take the Boston accent, uh, eight days a week, uh, 11 times out of 10 over ever hearing a, a Southern accent ever again. Um, but, uh, yeah, it does, it does get a little annoying after a while. And here's another one. Uh, use the word wicked to describe everything other than witches. Yeah, that drives me crazy. When I was a kid on the plague, I mean, kids in New York said wicked a lot. And they're like, ah, oh, that's wicked cool. And then you, and I just thought like, yeah, that's not really something that's like belongs to a region. And then you come out to New England and then like everybody says wicked all the time. Um, yeah, it's wicked, wicked good kid. Yeah, wicked fire. And uh, yeah, that's annoying. Uh, it's annoying. And then the number one, and this is very true, and people are not going to be people are not going to be happy about this, but it's true. Number one, incapable of making a good pizza, one hundred percent. Boston pizza sucks. New England pizza sucks. I'm very lucky that after six fucking years that I have a couple of go-to places in my town that make pretty decent pizza. It's pizza, like pizza's supposed to be, you can go, whatever you want to call it, New York style, Italian style. That's AKA pizza, just pizza. Just call it pizza because that's what it is. Um, and, and, but there's this whole New England thing. One thing I realized when I first moved here, I wanted a Sicilian uh, pizza. I like the, I like the squares. And there was a place, there's a place called Mike's Pie in a neighboring town and it's not bad pizza but the first bite i took i said oh my god it's sweet it's literally sweet tasting pizza i expect okay if you get one of those like pizzas with pineapple on it yeah that's going to be a sweet tasting pizza but just getting a plain cheese pizza or a pepperoni pizza and having it taste sweet was very unexpected for me and quite shocking and uh but that's, I guess that's, the, I think that's called the Cape Cod style of pizza. It's a sweet sauce. The sauce is sweet. And it fucking sucks. 
I hate it. I don't want sweet pizza. So you either get sweet pizza or you get Greek pizza, which is just some of it's there's a, there's one of our go to's. Um, it's at the bottom of the list. If the if the Italian places are closed, uh, then we'll go to the Greek. There's one Greek place called Nashua House of Pizza that's quite good. Um, I have to be in the mood for it, but it's quite good. And the you know the dough is good. It's consistent. It's a good pizza. But other than that, we've tried some other. There's this place called Seven Star Pizza. It's disgusting. It's Greek. It's the exact same as Nashua House. Just gross. Just like inedible. Um, and, and any, by the way, if you're in New England, if you're driving around New Hampshire, if you're driving around Massachusetts and you're in a town and it says, you know, blank house of pizza, uh, if it has, if it's New England and it has house of pizza in it, that means it's Greek, it's Greek pizza, that Greek style, which again is fine. It's still pizza. Even crappy pizza is still pizza, right? Although there is some crappy pizza that's like, well, that's North Carolina pizza. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the Greek pizzas, it's a good go-to if, if you, you know, if the other good places are closed. And, and Nashua House of Pizza is just fine. It's just fine. Uh, Sopranos, Espresso, Bob's Pizza, those are just good, just kind of classic straight up cheese, good slice of cheese pizza. Um but yeah, New England is not good at pizza. And it's amazing because it's like, it's it's pizza. We go to Myrtle Beach and there's New Yorkers who have transplanted down there and open up pizza places. And some of the pizza, I, I, I'm always shocked when we go to Myrtle Beach and it's some of the best pizza <laughs> that you can get. And there's these two places that are excellent pizza. And and then you go out to the rest of the Carolinas and it's garbage. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. The pizza in Charlotte is horrendous. There was one pizza place called Libretto's uh, that was pretty close and they closed down because, uh, you know, whatever. The, the, the North Carolinians like their shit pizza, I think. Um, well, we, we lived in North Carolina. We ordered Domino's. That was the best pizza in town was Domino's. So that'll that'll tell you what you need to know. Uh, anyway, Boston, people brag about the North End because that's all the Italian restaurants and that's the best pizza. And if you want pizza that's as good as the New York pizza or better than the New York pizza, you got to go to the North End and you got to go to this place and get the pizza. I haven't eaten at every pizza restaurant in the North End, but I ate the one that is that many consider to be among the best <laughs> and it fucking sucks. <laughs> It's really, you line up, place opens at 11.30 and you line up and you wait and you wait and you wait and you wait and you get your pizza and you sit down and it's like, God damn it, this just, it tastes like a big piece of bread with a little bit of sauce and a layer of cheese that slides right off and it's it's like a sponge, it's like a sponge bread and it's just not good. It's like, what? Are, who, who are we kidding here? The pizza's not good. So thank you. Uh, I, I don't often say this to the New York Post, but thank you, New York Post, for pointing out to the whole world that Boston's pizza sucks because it sucks. And uh, I, people people love it and they think that they're getting this great. I'm sure there's a, there's good pizza to be found in the North End, maybe. But if I'm going to what is considered to be the best one, 
why am I going to go to the others if they all if they're all the same or or a lesser pizza? So there you go. Those are the reasons. <laughs> According to the New York Post, those are the reasons why Boston sucks. Uh, and I, uh, I'm having a hard time disagreeing with a lot of it. Uh, some of it's just kind of kind of lazy. Some of it I don't agree with. But yeah, they they hit the nail on the head with the pizza and and a number of other things. So. Yeah, it's tough. You think like, oh, yeah, New England is going to have the best food. Man, New York has the best food. And I'm not just talking about the city. New York City and then going all the way up to to upstate is the best food. It's the best food that you're going to eat. Maybe that's just my taste buds conditioned because that's where I grew up. I don't know, maybe. But they make the best cider donuts. They have the best pizza, you know. Florida, Florida does a really good cheeseburger. I, I found a lot of really tasty cheeseburgers in Florida, but there's a lot of tasty cheeseburgers everywhere. So, anyway, uh, yeah, not to be a a fucking New Yorker, but yeah, New York. <laughs> I always, since we moved here, I always kind of not in front of our friends, not in front of our lovely New England friends who are from New Hampshire and from Massachusetts. I, I, I don't want to. I want to keep the peace. I don't want to ruffle the the waves here. I don't want to rock the boat. But oftentimes, you know, pretty much from from when we first moved to New England, moved to New Hampshire, and of course, I spent a lot of time, a lot of Saturdays at the farms and the pumpkin patches and doing things that people do around here, going on drives and going to different restaurants and stuff like that. And many times I would just turn to Kim and I'd be like, yeah, so New England basically is like, it's like New York, but not as good. But the New Englanders don't know that because they think that everything originated here and nobody else has the stuff that they have when, in fact, New York has it and has it much better. That's basically New England. <laughs> I couldn't believe when a friend said to me, we had been here for, I don't know, six months or so, and, uh, and, and we were making friends and stuff, and somebody said to me, <laughs> It was in. Uh, it was probably March or April, and I said, "Oh, wait, wait till wait till fall." Have you ever tried a cider donut? And, uh, somebody who knew that we were from New York, and I'm like, "Have I ever tried a cider donut?" If, uh, what, what are you crazy? We're from New York. What do you think? What do you think goes on in the rest of the state? Like, okay, maybe, uh, maybe if you're walking around central park maybe a cider donut's not super easy to come by but then again being that it's new york city it pro- you probably there's probably a, a a cider donut stand in central park in october that's excellent who knows but i just thought that was so fun i thought that was adorable have you ever have you ever tried a cider donut <laughs> yes only only non-stop since i was born going to the beautiful farms that we have in beautiful Burn Hills, New York, and Boston Lake, New York, that, if I may say, are infinitely better than any of the farms that we've been to in New England. Uh, largely because there's no New Englanders at those farms. Ha <laughs> ha, yeah. Oh, man. You go to some of these farms here and you're parked. It's like it's like parking at Disney World. Like they need a tram to come and get you. And then you and then you have to pay, you know, you see what they're they're charging to go through a fucking corn maze or to pick a pumpkin. Like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. No wonder why people go to Home Depot to get a pumpkin. Walmart pumpkin. <laughs> Costco pumpkin. 
So, so yeah, I don't disagree. I, New York is, always has been, always will be uh, better than New England. New York City is and always has been and always will be better than Boston. Uh, I will always root against the Yankees. I will always root for the Red Sox. I'll always root against the Giants and the Jets and any New York sports teams, uh, which is just one of those weird – that's more of a me thing because I grew up just, uh, you know, wanting all the people that I was around to be unhappy. <laughs> and so I like to root root against their favorite teams. So that was, uh, yeah, that's the Yankees and the Giants and all that stuff, the Jets. <coughs> uh, but then at the same time, now that I've been in New England for a while, I kind of – I do kind of enjoy seeing – I just enjoy seeing people, large groups of people disappointed. I just can't help it. So maybe I'm not really a fan of any team. Maybe I'm just not a fan. I'm I'm just a fan of me. Maybe that's it. Anyways, uh, yeah, so uh, in summary, in summation, yeah, New York's better than Boston. <laughs> New York City's better than Boston. New York State is better than New England. <laughs> uh, the mountains are better. The lakes are better. <laughs> The roads are less congested. Come on. It's a, it's a no-brainer. But that was pretty funny. So there you go. The New York Post uh, zinging Boston. And, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at uh, – they said there were other other things about Boston here, but uh, I don't know. Who cares? Uh, it's good stuff. Go Red Sox. Go Yankees. Go sports. Go teams. Go whatever. Go fuck yourself. And thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed my lazy retelling of uh, a, re- a reading of the New York Post. That's all I did on this little uh, mini podcast here. All right. We'll talk to you next time, gang. Later, Gators. Quick addendum on the Boston thing. Uh, I don't think I mentioned this on a podcast, but a few weeks ago, we came home from the uh, the open house, the sixth grade open house. And uh, we were sitting there talking to my my sixth grader about their teachers and the school and all this stuff and how great it was and everything and and uh, and then my my sixth grader was telling stories about something that had happened that day or the day before at school and said, "Oh yeah, so and so, oh yeah, they they saw their best friend." So my my child and their best friend. Uh, who have been thick as thieves since they first met in kindergarten. They've been best friends since kindergarten. And they'll be best friends, even though they have different interests and they'll go do different things and they'll make other friends. But they'll still, you always have that, like your first really great best friend who you will always come back to. You know, they'll be best friends forever. And of course, we're we're very good friends with, uh, with the parents. So, but the sad part is... Uh, they were together in kindergarten and then they were not together for most most of elementary school after kindergarten they were not in the same first second or third grade class and then of course they were finally reunited as classmates together we we each parent wrote notes to the school asking hey can they be in the same class finally they've been best friends since kindergarten they haven't had a class together since kindergarten put them together and so in fourth grade, they finally put them together. And then, of course, what happened in fourth grade? Why? Fourth grade was two years ago. So what happened in the middle of fourth grade was a pandemic that then sent everybody home <laughs> to be. And, and it, this was before, like, we kind of figured out a game plan of, 
Zoom and everything else. There really wasn't, you know, because everybody was just, you know, putting this thing together, like flying by the seat of their pants, improvising completely. You had a week of school in person and then boom, everybody's home for the rest of the damn year. And so, of course, it's just, you know, of course that would happen. After not being together in the same class since fourth grade, they finally, they two best friends finally get to be in a class together. And then they get separated because of a pandemic, because everybody gets separated in March of last year of 2020. Uh, and then, and then in fifth grade, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they ended up in the same class in fifth grade, but they, uh, you know, they were remote for, uh, they were remote until April. So like it, big deal, right? It doesn't even, it doesn't even matter. And <laughs> And so when they were they were in the same remote class, and then they ended up being in the same class, uh, I believe, in person. But still, the final two years, any any being in class together, uh, got got they got they got robbed of that as well. So on to sixth grade. Okay, well sixth grade is where you have a bunch of different classes. So of course they'll. Uh, maybe they'll have a math class together. Maybe they'll be in gym together. Maybe they'll have the same lunch together. Maybe this, maybe that. And on the first day of school, uh, we got there at the same time, just coincidentally, and the two best friends walked through the front door on the first day of school, beautiful, sunny August day, walked through the door of school together, just as they started school as kindergartners together, best friends, walking into school together. And of course, that was really about the last time that they would be together because uh, what we didn't know until uh, you know midway through the summer, or maybe maybe we knew and just didn't didn't really think about it, is that the sixth grade they grouped them up, they split them up. There's like the brown beavers and the gray chipmunks. I, I don't know what the names are, but they're all you know. There's a few different groups of kids, different different sort of cohorts or teams, whatever you want to call it. And of course, my child and their best friend are not in the same group, which means that. While, yes, indeed, my kid has different classes, some of the same people, some different people, uh, you know, in the, in the classes together, uh, none of those classes are with their best friend because their best friend is in a completely different group. So they're, they're in different math classes, they're in different social studies classes, all that stuff. So really, and unfortunately, there's no outdoors time, which I think is crazy because they have a beautiful, I mean, yeah, it's it's in the middle of a city, but like... There's a beautiful front lawn. There's a really nice courtyard at that school. It's it's a it, the school is pretty much a, a rectangle. Uh, you know, it's it's square. It's a and there's a nice courtyard right in the center. It's a beautiful courtyard. I went out to get some fresh air on the on the open house night. It was great. They don't utilize. I mean, I remember being in sixth grade. There's no swing sets or anything. There's no playground, but. If you were done with your lunch, you could go. You could go outside. There, you know, there wasn't. It was just the, you know, the front entrance to the school when we were in sixth grade, and then seventh and eighth grade it was a different cafeteria altogether. But we still got to go outside. You know, it was really just a. It was just a back kind of a loading area. You know, next to the football fields and the track and all that stuff. But you could still get some time to run around, and you know, you're still kids. You're you're eleven, twelve, thirteen years old. Get outside. Because, you know, that, that, that should be a thing. Unfortunately, there's zero outdoors time for these kids at this school, which is really a shame because that could be the one chance that everybody has to see their friends uh, for 20 minutes or so every day. So it's a bummer. So the two best friends 
see each other maybe a couple times a week and it's pretty much just passing each other in the hall and they'll high five or something like that. Uh, but the, on this particular occasion, they, they met up at the, at the drinking fountain as, as we normal humans like to call it. Uh, New Englanders, particularly in the Boston area and the greater Rhode Island area, coastal Boston, you know, probably parts of Southern New Hampshire. It might be a coastal New England thing. I'm not really sure. But it is, uh, it is known to some New Englanders, particularly in the Boston area, in Rhode Island, as the bubbler. And so uh, <laughs> we, we were talking to my sixth grader, and the sixth grader said, oh, I saw best friend at the water bubbler the other day. And we, we talked about this, and we made a joke, and it was blah, 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 blah. I said, oh, that's great. By the way, what did you just say? What, uh, best friend? No, no, no. What did you call the thing where the water was coming out of? Oh, the bubbler. <laughs> I said, you just, you just referred to the drinking fountain as the bubbler? I said, oh, my God. And that's when it hit me. I'm, I will always be a New Yorker living in wherever I live. 30 years in New York, born and raised in New York. I'm a New Yorker. Always will be. I'm a New Yorker who lives in New England. I used to be a New Yorker who lived in Florida. I was a New Yorker who lived in North Carolina. If I moved to Oregon, I'd be a New Yorker living in Oregon, right? Uh, but I, what I failed to realize is my children were ages three and five <laughs> when we moved here. Uh, so, yeah, that's more than half of their lives. Uh, for the youngest one, almost all of their life has been in New England. For the oldest... More than half of it. So I realized like, oh yeah, we're, the wife and I are New Yorkers who live in New England. Our kids are New Englanders for all intents and purposes. My oldest was born in New York, but was a baby when we moved. My youngest was born in Florida, was a baby when we moved from there. They had a few years in North Carolina, but they're not, you know, they're not Tar Heels by any means. They're not Southerners. So they're New Englanders because this is where... Uh, all their friends are. They made all of their friends here. Every every school grade. They didn't go to school anywhere else. Only in in New Hampshire. Only in New England. So yeah, they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna pick up some of those phrases. And really, among them, look, I sometimes say uh, instead of uh, shopping cart or shopping basket, I'll, I'll say carriage because I hear it and I, I'll just say like, oh yeah, get a, get the, get a carriage. It's not often, but sometimes that's that's no big deal. Carriage that makes sense. Uh, jokingly, we used to we used to say, "Oh, you put Jimmy's on ice cream," uh, which then I later found out that that's uh, it's it's quite racist, from what I understand, uh, because Jimmy's, um, you know, some people some people say so. The rainbow sprinkles are just sprinkles, uh, but the the chocolate sprinkles are called Jimmy's. And I think the origin of that has something to do with Jim Crow. Uh, so we put the we put the uh, kibosh on that real fast. So okay, sprinkles, rainbow sprinkles, chocolate sprinkles, tens of thousands. If you want my my friends from the UK, is that is that what it is? Hundreds of thousands, hundred hundreds of thousands. Uh, anyway, is it tens of thousands? I, I think I've got that completely wrong. Sprinkles. Alexa, what do they call sprinkles in the UK? 
kitchen. Sprinkles are also known as chocolate sprinkles, donut sprinkles, chimneys, and rainbow sprinkles. You're an idiot. Now, that's in... She mentioned... Alexa mentioned Jimmy's. Uh, Alexa, what are tens of thousands? Sorry. Yeah. I don't know that you're, one. You're an idiot. That's because you're an idiot. Alexa, you're an idiot. There's hundreds of thousands. Sorry. I want to help, but I'm just not sure what I did. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. Hundreds and... Hundreds and... Hun- okay. Alexa, what are hundreds and thousands... According to Wikipedia, nonpareils are a decorative confectionery of tiny balls made with sugar and starch, traditionally an opaque white but now available in many colors. Their origin is uncertain, but they may have evolved out of the pharmaceutical use of sugar, as they were a miniature version of comfits. Alexa, I'm sorry I yelled at you. Don't worry about it. Yeah. That's why I love Alexa. You just you can you can say anything you want, and then uh, just a simple apology, and she doesn't mind. Alexa doesn't mind. Alexa doesn't give me shit. Anyway, okay, so hundreds, hundreds and thousands. It turned out the idiot uh, was not Alexa after all. It was me. I, I'm the idiot. Uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, good, great, super. Uh, I'm I'm the moron who didn't know what they're hundreds and thousands is what the sprinkles are called. Over there in the UK. I like to put my hundreds of thousands. I can't do it. I can't do the accent anymore. Hundreds of thousands. Oi. <laughs> good day. Good day. That's Australian. Hello there. What? What was that? What? Oh, it's Alexa's talking on the... Okay. Anyway. Uh, getting off, getting way off topic here. Uh, so, so, so yeah, we, we stopped saying Jimmy's. That's a New England thing. And it's, I'm pretty sure it's racist. I think if that's the origin that I'm thinking of, uh, I heard somewhere along the way that, that it comes from that, but it's also stupid. Just, they're called sprinkles. You sprinkle them on ice cream. Just call them sprinkles. Uh, you know, New Englanders say blinker, blinka. I've heard that outside of New England. That's fine. Whatever. Carriage, uh, packy <laughs> for the package store, the liquor store. Got to go to the packy. Which actually sounds like a New Englander trying to say parky. Packy. Uh, but yeah, there, everything you can kind of, okay, packy is short for package store, which is what some people call liquor store. Uh, Jimmy's is just okay. That's stupid, but whatever. And carriage, yeah, okay. It's a carriage. It's a grocery carriage. Sure, fine, great. And many other little, little regional little isms and things like that. Uh, <laughs> but bubbler, uh, that makes no sense. Well, what's coming out? Are bubbles coming out of it? Do you see bubbles? I don't see any bubbles. There's no bubbles. If I'm sitting in the backyard with one of those wands with the circle in it, dipping it into a, a bottle of bubble mix, then, okay, maybe you could call that a bubbler. I'm going to use a bubbler to make bubbles. Uh, one of those bubble machines for a, for a fancy disco party in the 70s. It would be a bubbler. But a drinking fountain where straight up liquid water <laughs> flows into a cup or a bottle or your mouth. It's a water fountain or drinking fountain. 
because water comes out of it, and you drink from it. There's no bubbles. I don't see any bubbles. So anyway, so I, I gave the kid some shit saying, wow, you're, you are a New Englander. We're in the presence of a, of a real New Englander saying things like bubbler. And my youngest uh, used to say jimmies all the time. What would you like on your ice cream? I'll have some jimmies. Okay. And, and like I said, we kind, of, uh, we kind of turned away from saying jimmies. But nevertheless, uh, yeah. That's a that's another you know in that in that top ten uh, top whatever things in the New York Post about about Boston versus New York. That's one thing you're never going to walk around Manhattan. You're never going to walk around well not Manhattan anywhere in the state of New York. You're not going to hear anybody say bubbler because that was the other thing I was I posted about that on Facebook and several of my New York friends had never heard that term before bubbler and they thought it was the most idiotic thing. And that's true. It is. It's very idiotic. Even my even my New England friends, some of them said, "Yeah, it's very stupid." I don't say bubbler. <laughs> Gotta go to Dunkies and then hit the bubbler for some water. Anyway, uh, that's all I wanted to. I wanted to just add on to the. Uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna take another stupid thing about Boston, <laughs> so they say bubbler. Out by the babla. And I did. I heard, I've heard people at work in professional office buildings, professional people with quality educations from great schools, public schools, colleges and universities, advanced degrees, and they say babla. I'll be out at the babla. I got to get some water. Oh, you're getting water? For, but it's called a bubbler, aren't you? Are you filling your bottle up with bubbles? Wouldn't you go to the bubbler to get bubbles? No? Oh, it's water. Hmm. Maybe it's called a water fountain? Anyway, I should write to, I mean, the New York Post, they missed some things. And all the, you know, they spent too many extra bullet points uh, pissing on Ben Affleck, which is fine. But they missed missed a few opportunities. In any event, all good fun. Everybody's stupid at the end of the day. North, south, east, west. Well, south is stupider than most, but everybody's pretty stupid. Okay, talk to you later. See ya.